You're listening to the Porch Time Podcast. I'm so excited. Are we doing this? I think we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Here we go. You guys, I'm literally laughing at myself because I've now recorded this intro 10 times because I keep talking way too much because I'm just so excited about introing the guest that we had on for this episode. (laughs) So I'm going to try to reel back in just to let her speak for herself because she's so awesome. But anyways, before I get into what we chatted about briefly, <laughs> um, I do want to say that this is a really special episode to lo- be launching in January because we chatted with <laughs> the co-founder of Deswap, Morgan McLaughlin, and the co-founder of Amass. Morgan co-founded Deswap with none other than the pop sensation, the icon. I guess we can do another drum roll because that was fun. Katy Perry. (laughs) So this was such an awesome conversation to have and oh my god I learned so much but it also feels like a really good time to share this conversation with all of our listeners to encourage dry January or damp January or you know, dry February or dry all the months, whatever it is, whatever it looks like for you and where you are at with drinking or trying to dabble in not drinking or however it goes for you. But this is the best place to start. Deswa is the best place to start because they created the fun in drinking. I'm doing air quotes, but without the bad feelings of drinking because they're a non-alcoholic competitivo brand. And the best part is it's good for you. So it's full of natural adaptogens, botanicals, and all this incredible infused yumminess. But Morgan really talks about her journey of distilling and really becoming huge into botany. And now to the point where she's become a leading woman in the distillery business, which is a hugely male-dominated industry. So just already that is so badass and inspiring in itself. But just hearing her start coming from Canada, being in the film industry to ending up in LA and now ending up in the distillery business. I mean, there's so much to to glean from her and learn and also to hear about her journey, you know, working with Katy Perry, really going from really co-founding and paving the way for this amazing botanically infused spirit company of Amass to now leading the way in this non-alcoholic industry with Deswa and what that looks like and balancing the two, but also really like the beauty of what kind of being really focused on your craft does to your brand. And I just, it made me want to be such a thoughtful consumer, which I really am, but hearing her story and the care and the love and you know, the science that goes into this. And even today, she's still in the back just perfecting these flavor profiles and and what it looks like to combine X with Y. I would say the actual names of the herbs, but I'm not, I'm not an expert like she is. So I'll let her do the talking there. But this was so awesome. There's so much more to be said. We want to have her on for a part two where we can really get into her birth story. And we briefly touched on it. And I was just so inspired by that too. So so much, so many nuggets to take away from this episode, so much to learn. And without further ado, I'm going to let her do the rest of the talking and I'm going to let you all enjoy by listening. But before I go, one last thing, the Deswa team was kind enough to give all of our list- listeners a discount code. Use code PORCHTIME at checkout for 15% off your first order with Deswa. That's www.deswa.com. 
D-R-I-N-K-D-E-S-O-I.com and the code is PORCHTIME in lowercase at checkout. Go, go, go. It's so delicious. Trust me. And have a whole new experience with non-drinking, but feel like you are drinking, right? It's all about the experience. So I'll let Morgan take it away from here. I can't wait for you all to hear from her. What an incredible woman. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And we'll see you next week with a solo. Bye. Hi. Hi, Morgan. (laughs) Hi, how you doing? I'm great. It's so great to meet you. Nice to meet you. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I can say the same thing about you and then some. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming on here. And I'm so excited to talk with you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you too. We have lots in common. (laughs) I know. I can't wait to hear everything. But to start, I always like to actually let our guests introduce themselves first because you can always do it better than I can. So can you tell our incredible listeners about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Morgan McLaughlin, and I am um, co-founder at two companies. Actually, I'm co-founder and chief product officer at Amass, which is primarily a spirits company. Um, we have a range of spirits and um, a few personal care products that people might have run into um, that are all botanically based and inspired. Um, so taking sort of a 21st modern approach to what people want to drink these days. Um, the other project that I am involved with uh, is uh, called Dessois. Um, I'm co-founder and chief product officer at Dessois, which is another beverage, um, but it is a sparkling non-alcoholic aperitif that I co-founded with the pop star Katy Perry um, last year. So that's been a big focus of mine in the last year, apart it's- from wrangling a two and a half year old. <laughs> Yeah, we are. we're going to get into a lot today. I can already <laughs> tell. I'm very excited. Um, so first of all, congratulations. That's incredible. I'm a huge fan already of Amas. Amas? I can never, I can never say it. We pronounce it Amas, but lots of people Amas. say Amas. I even have. Your oh, you have our hand sanitizer. Right here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, but it's a big favorite at our bar. And I'm just now leaning into a little on the late side, dry January. So I need to really experience Dessois for all of its beauty. I'm, I'm ready. I've been reading all up on everything and I've never wanted to sip something more at 10 AM. I have to be honest. Oh my gosh. Is this your first dry January? Yeah. Like oh, half great. dry, half dry. Half I'm not dry. drinking during the weekdays. <laughs> We're calling it damp. Some of us are doing damp January. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, but I'm just so intrigued by your story. I've been reading up all about your life and and everything and just like how you got here and your love for botany and like even starting in the film industry. So can you take me back because you grew up in British Columbia, you're here in LA now. Like yeah. how did you end up here? <laughs> well, the the funny the funny thing is most people come to Los Angeles to p- pursue a career in entertainment. And I was in a really weird position where I came to Los Angeles to get out of a career in entertainment. Um I were <laughs> my my first uh, passion, um, and which really, really still is a passion, um, you know, art and visual language was, was cinematography. And, um, I was fortunate enough to become one of the first, uh, camera women in our IATSE local up in Canada. 
Um, so I actually had a really incredible career up there for about a decade. I started when I was 17 years old, schlepping cameras around and working on all sorts of stuff, you know, uh, you know, Hallmark movies to CSI kind of shows, um, all sorts of things with guns and stuff blowing up. Um, And I love shooting, but the lifestyle of working in in film production was something that uh, for me um, wasn't that gratifying. And I was looking at people 10, 20 years older than me and saying, I don't know if I want to be divorced, but have a motorcycle and two boats in 10 years. Um, and so I, I do have family in Los Angeles. I came down here and, um, and then just sort of ended, like ended up getting stuck. Um, I shouldn't say stuck, but, um, ended up staying and it's now been, I guess I'm maybe close to 15 years or something. Um, but, uh, I would say, you know, the transition, I don't, it's always interesting hearing how people get into what, you know, what they're doing. It's like very seldom linear. And so when people say like, you know, I'm a distiller and a beverage formulator by trade. Uh, My former trade was a film technician. How did, how did, how did that happen? Um, And I will say, actually, they're kind of, there's a lot of similarities. Um, Obviously there's, there's, there is an artistic element to what I would call both of these trades. Um, and they're similarly both very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think I I kind of took this interest in distilling first, um, just through a curiosity of kind of, it, it started actually from more of like a, like a cultural analysis question. I've always had a sort of an interest in alcohol, maybe from more of an academic perspective, um, looking at it as a cultural product, a regional <laughs> cultural product. And when you think your friend comes back from Mexico, you say, you know, what mezcals and tequilas did you have? Uh, you know, you go, people go to Scotland. It's very rare that they, they go to Scotland and don't visit a, a, a whiskey <laughs> distillery. So, 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 so spirits are very important, culturally important, and drinking culture is very culturally important um, in wow. people's everyday lives, even though it seems a little frivolous. Um, so sort of interested in spirits, and then at the same mm. time moved into Southern California, and, you know, in in the wilderness of the Pacific Northwest where I grew up, I knew, you know, every plant I was, a, I would forage, I know the names of every species of plant that grew in my environment, and it is a very rich ecosystem. Moved down to Southern California, and here are all these trees and plants and flowers and things that were growing that I had no idea what they were. So, long story short, um, kind of just started built, decided to build a still in my East Hollywood apartment and, oh and start God. distilling in my bathroom. <laughs> just kind of off the record, <laughs> and um, I started experimenting with making. Um, eau de vies and liqueurs and gins using local local flora and things that I foraged oh my god and then it just sort of took off from there it wasn't like I was like I'm gonna make booze for a living it just sort of took off from there that is so beautiful and I see how it is connected almost because it is like a story you take these floras and you create these beautiful things and it's like how do you even know where to start (laughs) Just well, it's, like, I think it's the same sort of thing in, in, in business. Uh, well, there's business and which I 
by the way, find actually incredibly creatively fulfilling. I actually feel more creatively fulfilled being an entrepreneur and mm. and working business than I did working on movie sets, uh, yeah. which is interesting. But um, you know, in in any of these things that we create, there's usually a lineage and a history. Um, same thing in photography and cinematography. Right. There's, um, you know, there's there's sort of formal composition standards or or sort mm. of aesthetics or so in in learning how to compose beverages and how to distill there's sort of you know the rules and then wow. once you learn the rules you kind of can iterate from there and and um so it's kind of it is kind of similar in that way she's Okay, everyone, today is an All the Babies ad because, duh. <laughs> um, but we have a very rare site-wide sale going on right now. So it's now on through the end of January. So if you're tuning in now, you can still get the goods while they're good and going. But use code WINTERCOZY in all caps for 25% off your entire order and up to 90% off on sample sale discounted items. Okay, like, come on. It's not deals this good every day, but use, you know, get something yummy and cozy for Valentine's Day. We have delicious pointel and reds and pinks. If you're on that Valentine's Day vibe, we have embroidered sweat sets with hearts, you know, like so much cozy is happening for the little ones, for the adults, for you, for all of it. So go shop, go to www.allthebabies.co and type in winter cozy at all caps the fun fine print is all sales are final no returns or exchanges if you use the discount code and that was my feeling of like i'm on on tv so ad is now over and back to morgan we go enjoy so you're doing this in your apartment and what year is it at this point oh i think it was 2008 maybe and you just start creating these like like, what are you actually creating out of these? Are you actually distilling drinks or are you yeah. creating like <laughs> scents? And, you know, I don't even know. At that time, it was mostly um, spirits. So okay. um, some so doing things like making uh, uh, brandy out of clementine oranges or <laughs> um, experimenting with what would happen if you took tomatoes and turned it into a distillate. By the way, it was not very tasty. Um, and then, of course, making gin. And in the case of gin, which is probably um, the category that I'm most known for, you know, gin is a neutral spirit base that has botanicals added to it right. for flavor, um, the most important and predominant one being juniper. Um, so just it was really like just a lot of experimentation. And, and then, you know, it was very fun interfacing with nature through absolutely through botanicals and seeing how they tasted and smelled in the in the medium of alcohol oh my gosh now I might be totally off here but I have a friend who started making his own whiskey I want to say and there was a real risk factor because the top can like poison you does that same thing potentially happen with that that distilling gin that's that happens in all uh spirit distillation um uh so yeah so the the <laughs> alcohol that comes out first 
is called the four shots. And when you hear about people going blind or dying, right, from blind, moonshine, um, this is a very real thing. Um, and un- unfortunately, it actually still happens in the world, particularly in third world countries where people are making their own alcohol and they don't know, you know, for economic reasons, they don't know what they're doing. Um, uh, they're the byproduct of, of fermentation and alcohol distillation. Um, there are bad alcohols that are produced as a byproduct and that, that are poisonous. Um, so, you know, I could list that off all of them, but you know, one of them, for example, is methanol. So methanol actually comes out at the beginning of the distillation. We're getting very technical here because as a lower boiling point than ethyl alcohol, which is the alcohol that we is relatively safe for consumption that we, that we consume. It's still not that good for you. Um, so that's what, so that's a real thing. So part of a job as a distiller is to make sure none of that bad alcohol makes it into the final product. You have to cut it out. You have to remove it, um, during the distillation process. So you're just learning it all as you go and you're risking (laughs) your own (laughs) eyesight in doing so. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there's ways to avoid it, but yes. (laughs) I'm just so fascinated by the whole process because we've um, we've had the founder of Better Booch on and she was talking about the distillation of kombucha and the importance of botanicals and tea and all of these things that you speak about. And it's just, I find it really beautiful and important when you honor nature in that way and you connect yes. it to something that you can also offer to consumers because even just hearing you talk about it, you feel the extreme love and attention and science and education that goes into it. And it makes the desire for the product, in my opinion, so much more like of a need. Like now all I want to do is now I'm looking at the Amos differently in my cup or the Deswat, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, there was a full way to like bring these botanicals together in also a way that's better for you, right? Because it is these great ingredients. Uh, definitely it's a it's a funny thing because you know with alcohol you can't make health claims um alcohol is bad for you it's not it's not it just I mean as like but we but we love it and enjoy it and you know um I I love alcohol um of all sorts obviously it's a passion of mine um but especially as a female distiller um I my dirty little secret is I've always been a lightweight and my job, my job, my, my sort of mom joke is that like my, you know, I drink, I drink on the job. My, my job is to drink alcohol. <laughs> no dry January for you. Um, well, actually it's been, yeah, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's difficult. So Deswa actually emerged um, for me, it emerged as really a need for myself, um, you know, one of like many other people that work in, in hospitality, um, I'm around all this incredible Mm. food and beverage and have a a deep appreciation for it. Um, but I definitely what I, I don't, I don't love the effects of alcohol and the side effects of alcohol all the time, but I still wanted that sensual, beautiful celebratory beverage. Um, and so I knew that I wanted something that was had the complexity, say, of a glass of wine or a, a nice cocktail. But like I, you know, especially I mean, you're a mother, too, like, you know, getting woken up at five in the morning after like two or three martinis is not like it, the juice is not worth the squeeze. <laughs> so, so 
um I you know I it is personal but like for me I really wanted that special thing that just didn't have the alcohol and then you know in the case of Dessois made the decision to add some plant very like plant-based adaptogens that have a great effect just in relaxing to get that similar sort of just general sort of loosening and ease that you get from having a, a drink say at the end of the day or whatever um and I think we really achieved it with Dessois. I am so in love with our product line and really excited about what we have coming out next. And um, the reception has just been incredible too. And it was truly born while you were pregnant, right? And that was where the need came because you were like, I can't consume alcohol. So I might as well have the central experience that you were speaking about. Definitely. Um, yeah, while I was pregnant, um, you know, I'd already sort of, was had ideated and conceptualized uh the the product range but then when I became pregnant I was like okay well that would be really nice to have right now and I don't have it and um at that time when I was pregnant and now when I look back I think I was crazy but I was traveling a lot for work um and visiting a lot of our accounts around the world and ordering the alcohol alternative like mocktails etc on the menus and they're just frequently like very sweet and actually just like lacking the complexity that I wanted. So that also really kind of informed um, making these drinks. But yeah, for uh, something crazy, like 40% of adult Americans don't drink alcohol. Like obviously some of that is religious reasons, but like that right. is, that's a huge part of the population. <laughs> huge opportunity for yeah. sure. Especially now, I feel like, I feel like it's almost trendier to enjoy a mocktail or a non-alcoholic aperitif nowadays like there's bars that are popping up that are non-alcoholic bars like Mm -hmm. it's cool to do dry january everybody's like excited about bringing their fancy non-alcoholic bottle to a party you know like i'm seeing it more and more now and it's a really important time I think too because everybody is really stepping into that wellness space and like not wanting to wake up and feel hungover and have like droopy eyes and skin and like still feel like they get that sensual effect and I think you know in reading what I loved so much about Amas originally is that it means to gather if I'm not mistaken (laughs) that's right yeah um, that's what I try to do with all the babies all the time in this podcast it's like truly to gather to create community Mm -hmm. and all typically a component of the podcast is we're always sipping because usually it's in person. Uh, my office is a bit a mess right now because I got rid of my storage unit, but we're gathering and we're drinking a beverage of choice, whether that be a natural wine, a non-alcoholic aperitif. Like if you were here right now, we'd be sipping on some dessert. You know, it's like it's creating this sensory, beautiful experience. And I think being behind that, especially in the way that you are is really, really, really inspiring and cool because you're allowing so many people to gather whether they drink or not because you have both it, angles, right? Well, for yeah, for, I I think, and what that is, is I, I mean, a mass means to gather. And of course that kind of came from like, you know, sort of the concept of foraging and, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot in a lot of the beverages I make, just, there tends to be a lot of complexity, yeah. um, which, you know, is great. Some people love that's not for everybody, but Bring, bringing together botanicals in in sort of a, a fun experimental way and then and then yeah like the spirit like like you said breaking bread um beverage is really you know it's this 
we can enjoy it by ourselves, but it's this wonderful way to connect with people. And, you know, I think especially during the pandemic, we learned how really essential that is. Like we are meant to, to come together a lot and um, it's good for our psyches. It's good for society. It's good for our health. Um, So that's really, you know, that inclusivity is also really the spirit of making these alcohol alternatives because for, I, you know, I have plenty of friends that don't drink uh, for, you know, whatever reason. And, you know, like including my stepmom, she's been sober for maybe 25 years and, you know, family dinners here. My dad and I like trying, you know, doing side by sides of different scotches and she's sitting there with her Pellegrino and it's just not, you know, I, I don't like that. I want, I want everyone to feel included and, so I that's a big part of it too yeah well you're doing that you're absolutely doing that and I think what I'm so intrigued by too is like truly that founder story right so you're starting you start in your apartment you create a mass it's incredible it's doing so well obviously there's a great opportunity to transition into non-alcoholic spirits beverages aperitifs you're pregnant you're having a baby (laughs) how do you end up meeting Katy Perry how does this all come to be like I mean if you want to if you want to <laughs> make God laugh tell her your plans like all of it is like I don't I don't know how we ended up here um but you know there's maybe some cosmic stuff I'm a bit of a hippie princess but Katie um was introduced to us through my friend Michael who was I kind of, I'd met in just from my time in the entertainment business, I met him and then he, yeah, he's also just sort of like a big friend of a mass. And I was telling him what we're doing and um, he knew that Kate, he knows Katie and he knew that she was an, an investor in um, she has a big interest in, in health. She's, I think probably the biggest shareholder, her example in Bragg's apple cider vinegar, which I'm, I never like, knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like That's the household. Best one. It's so good, and it's been for around forever. And like, I love that there's still a picture of Patricia Breggs on the all the labels, and um, it's like you know, kind of like a hippie classic. Um, totally. So she's she's has a big interest. She's she's interested in in sort of pursuing entrepreneurial um ventures herself and he thought that she would be interested in talking to me so he's just I met her and she's so like she really is I'll just say a star there's some people out there that just emanate this beautiful energy and power she's a real witch um (laughs) but she and she's we're both I would say kind of more intuitive kind of folks And I started telling her about what I was doing and she was actually able to articulate the vision for what I was doing better than I could. She was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and it's this, and it's sort of, you're going after this consumer and uh, has like this, this kind of flavor profile. I was like, okay. And she was, she just was like really interested in jumping on board. So she was also pregnant. We were both pregnant at the time and um, yeah, we teamed up. And so she, it's funny with, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of like celebrity right. endorsed or celebrity owned or involved products out there. And 
um, a lot of people, you know, people just assume that we, that this is some sort of like licensing deal or something right. like that. And she's, she is the real deal. Like she is extremely involved in the business. Um, she is, you know, she she's involved, has been involved in all of our product development, all of our brand, brand development, um, and, you know, our strategic business decision. <laughs> and she's wonderful to work with. She's, she's brilliant. Um, so she's really been a great partner and, um, and just her, her whole vibe. And it's funny because, uh, her whole vibe really is about uplifting people, mm. um, which I really love. And so it's great having her energy involved in this, um, project. Wow. How fascinating. I mean, it really does sound cosmic. I'm like, how can I get the right person to introduce me to the right person <laughs> to, uh, you know, invest and come on board (laughs) I'm like okay time to put some things in the universe no but that's I really do think that's that's how the best things happen I like my dad always tells me do everything and rest and it'll just kind of come to you right like you were pregnant you had this idea you were in rest you got Mm -hmm. introduced to Katy Perry (laughs) it's just like easy breezy like honestly it really I do think the best things come out of that and and so how long did it take to really bring the idea from kind of just your own thoughts and then her kind of vision to mm-hmm. out to market? Cause it's um, new. It's like a year old. It's now. a year old. Um, honestly, I think I started ideating on this. It was maybe 20 spring of 2019 Wow. that I remember like starting to kind of sketch it out. Um, and then um and then of course you know so was sort of like ideating on it working with our our brand team kind of thinking it was originally that range was supposed to be part of the amass portfolio kind of like thinking about how it would fit in that in that portfolio also as a botanical beverage of course but um yeah I mean it really took until I mean it was like two or three years I guess Katie got involved um in I would say early 2020. Wow. Um, so we've, been, we've actually been working together for that long. Um, and we've been in market for a year. So we launched last January for dry January. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's an ideal launch date, but did you find um, any issues in delay having to deal with like your distilleries and everything during COVID? Like, was that a really difficult um, time or it did was- it kind of... Well, I don't know. And obviously you work, you're involved in manufacturing as well. Um, I mean, I think like, you know, to get into like business speak um, at that time, there were a lot of like, quote unquote, supply chain issues. And like, there were things like sourcing an appropriate bottle that could hold the carbonation that looked like, I don't know why, but that, that took almost a year. So I would say just to find a bottle that was like technically appropriate for what we're doing. So I think we could have gone to market a little bit sooner if it weren't for right. some of those things, but um, I didn't want to compromise on of course. what we were putting out. So it just took that long. Um, so, I mean, you probably went through the same thing yeah. too, right? Yeah. Well, I'm so small that I have like truly like two sewers behind. So it's like, oh, it's wow. not really, it's like, I have a team. My factory team is my production manager. That's like 85. And then- <laughs> Like, like the three little sewers that he hires on need base 
depending on my project, obviously as bigger clients, but um, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating to me too, because of ingredients and all of that. I just oh, yeah. feel like seasonally and, and, you know, whatever. And, but I had no idea. And I almost want you to talk more about this because I think it's fascinating, especially to our listeners, is that like, even the shape of the bottle has to do with how it's carbonated. Like what? I would never even think to know that. Well, yeah, there's just some, there's a lot of bottles out there that weren't designed to withstand the pressure of carbonation. And so, um, you know, like your average wine bottle. So there's just, there's things like that. And then availability, like there's just a global glass shortage and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there's all sorts of like really um, arcane sort of technical things that go into like this was an incredibly complex project yeah it sounds like it I'm just like like, I'm like why I wish I just made a sparkling water with some like natural (laughs) flavors in it but um it was difficult but I think it was worth it and I think the product has um you know it really does have a lot of integrity Mm. um behind it all of our ingredients and even you know for example even like all of the adaptogens the specific sources of of the adaptogenic plants that we use uh we only we chose only to use sources that had very good um clinical studies to back them up um because you can just sort of you know buy reishi mushroom on the internet and dust it into something but we wanted the even the functional element of the of the product to have very very strong integrity behind it wow but I mean, I'm just pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, so is it you that's truly like going and testing all of these spirits, coming up with the science behind the combination, and then kind of yeah. giving it to your factory or distillers to like make yeah. it to life? It's all yeah. I I do the, I do all the formulation still, which is funny because it kind of. Uh, I mean, it's I love. That's what I, that's my trade. That's what I love. Right. Um and sometimes it's just easier if you do it yourselves. Like I can sort of outsource some of the, I would say like lab work and composition, but I, I just, it's, it's honestly just sort of easier and faster for me to do it myself. And, um, and it's funny cause it kind of takes me out of some of the other entrepreneurial elements of being mm. a founder. Like I am, oh my gosh, totally. uh, like I have been so busy with formulating, like I am like off social media right now because I just like I just made the decision like I I don't have the bandwidth to kind of like multitask I just need to focus yeah. on this but um so in a funny way and the distillers like we tend to work in a lot of isolation but I'm mm. really lucky that I have really incredible teams at both Amass and Deswa who um run our business we have just an incredible management team um, so I can kind of go, go off and, and do some kitchen witch stuff and then come back and check <laughs> so it. Cool. What is our PR team doing? Okay. I, I'm just so fascinated by it because you really are getting to just put your hands to the test of every beautiful product that you create. And I think I'm also very fascinated that you are one of the leading women in the distillery business. Like there's not really like you're paving the way. Well, how is that? Is that, um, I mean, maybe it was just a timing thing. I'm coming from working on camera, um, you know, in, in the time of my, my time in that industry, in the camera department, I'll say 
it was 5% women. Wow. Um, yeah. There was, it's a very, I mean, it's getting better, but it's a very, it's definitely like a, like a boys club. Um, yeah. But having sort of really literally been hazed in, and, and made it through um, that, career environment um moving into distilling um I didn't have I didn't I didn't doubt myself and I I didn't really care like distilling is even more of a boys club right um but I imagine yeah I did I mean I don't know what percentage of women there are of women distillers it's dramatically increased but it's probably still like I would guess it would like when I started it couldn't have been more than like one percent now it might be five percent but it's still um it's still i mean maybe most women are too smart to become distillers because it's like like not it's like i know you're mostly a janitor um you're doing a lot of cleaning things can imagine But, but it's it's the cool thing i think about being a female distiller or the thing that worked for me at least was because I wasn't trying to fit in to Mm -hmm. say, you know, hang out with all these, like, you know, fit in with all the whiskey distillers or whatever. I, I, and kind of play their game and, and sort of do what they were doing. I, I sort of, I think that made me feel a lot more creatively free. Um, So yeah, I mean, it, it's not like I've, I've certainly encountered some, I'll say sexism in our industry, but um, I think that happens everywhere. Right. Well, it's just, yeah. it's awesome that you're one of the leading ones doing it. And for the girls, I love it. All right, everyone, I'm talking about BetterHelp today. BetterHelp is really an incredible platform to utilize in finding the perfect therapist for you. I've had so many people come to me for advice and for how to find a therapist and what to do and how do I know if it's the right fit. And I'm telling you, BetterHelp is the place to get all of your needs met. They really do work so hard to ensure that your voice is being heard, that you're matched with the right therapist, that you can kind of like meet with them before and see if it's a fit. There's so much good about BetterHelp and it's so easy to use, easy to get started and it's not intimidating. Take it off. Therapy is the thing to do. Trust me, trust me, trust me. I have been feeling so desperate and ready to really lean into therapy and BetterHelp has just been such an amazing way for me to get started. So I encourage you to get started too. And the best part is, is we have 10% off if you're a first time BetterHelp user. So if you go to betterhelp.com slash all the babies, you can receive 10% off your first month of therapy time is now get started get vulnerable talk about the things and know that you always have somebody there to support you you are never alone so go to www.betterhelp.com slash all the babies that's b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p.com slash all a-l-l the t-h-e babies b-a-b-i-e-s for 10% off your first month enjoy How do you, how do you balance your time between a mass and this Like I feel like, and becoming, and being a mom, and I mean, a 
That's not casual. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, well, part of it has having really excellent support um, and having a very organized management team on, on both businesses. Um, I, you know, it's a hard thing to reconcile really, um, yeah. you know, between running two businesses. I, I actually don't totally recommend it. And it's something that I think is probably still in flux for me. Um, you know, in terms of the life cycle of our businesses, Amass was much more established. So, right. you know, we launched uh, Deswan the last year and that has been like definitely more of my focus. But in terms of quantifying the amount of time and energy that I, I put between the two, um, you know, it's a little bit project-based. Right. Um, so there's some things that I'm checking in on a weekly basis, but then I'll kind of do sprints on, on something, say either on Deswan or on a mass. And so it's so far it's worked out, but it is, um, it is challenging. And then of course, bring, bring a small child into the mix. Um, it is hard. Um, it's, you know, I think being an entrepreneur and being passionate about what I do, like, you know, I'm sure it's the same for you. I, it's not like my business brain ever turns off. Um, right. I might not be like taking meetings at like seven o'clock at night necessarily, but I'm certainly reading, thinking, researching. Um, and so you, I kind of had this realization not too long ago because I was feeling frustrated. Um, and I don't know about you, but like I'm, I'm, someone who actually needs a lot of like sort of daydreaming time. You oh, don't get absolutely. that. When, you do not get that when you're a mom, but I just sort of realized if I could structure my life um, and I don't like, I don't like scheduling my personal life, but right. I realized with a child, unless you schedule your personal life, you things aren't going to happen. And that right. could even be scheduled like as ridiculous as this scheduling, like, a walk. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. So I realize I need, you know, what's very important to me is to have special quality time with my son, one-on-one -on -one time with him, special quality time with my partner, one-on-one -on -one time with him, special quality time with myself, one-on-one -on -one time with myself, and then also oh, family time. And if I can think about it that way, that's what I value. Uh, and, and honestly calendar it. I I'm, <laughs> that's actually that's ended up working very well for me I love that not to be cheesy but you're distilling your own perfect <laughs> life <laughs> you're balancing all the right components to create right. no it's it's so true and I think that I think it's actually funny so I'm not a mom yet I started a baby brand so everybody thinks oh, I, I didn't know that I that's know so that's the fun surprise for everyone I started it oh with my, my mom so wow. um but I really do. I've just heard from, I, I do this podcast truly because I think that it makes me a better mom than I could have ever been because yes. I get to hear so many perspectives, especially from founders and moms and just mm -hmm. women doing it all. And I think that it's always this same line of like continued mom guilt, not feeling like you're giving your child enough or your business yeah. enough or yourself enough, but like when you play it out like that and you actually honor your time and the time with your kid and being really present and the time with your business and being really present, yeah. it's really simple. You know, it's like, obviously life gets in the way and it's complicated, yeah, it, it but does. it does. I mean, that, I mean, that's a real thing. And I, I read this, uh, I can't, this interview with Shonda Rhimes a few oh, months her. ago and it was really incredible. And she talked about, um, you know, 
I mean, this is the other thing. Like I, I have had to make sacrifices in my personal life and I've had to make um, sacrifices in my, in my professional life. And it's very frustrating. Um, And, but doing those things consciously um, saying, you know what, I know that I don't have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z and being realistic about it in my business and saying, where is my highest and best use? This isn't going to be like this forever. You know, kids grow up, they become more independent, but, you know, and then also saying, okay, like I'm, you know, the mom guilt is definitely there, but I have, I'm doing all of these other things. My son is healthy. He couldn't Mm. be like healthy and happy. He couldn't be happier. And, uh, you know, there is no perfect scenario. And, and, you know, I'm, let's also, I just also want to kind of point out, I'm incredibly privileged. I have good support, uh, for my child and, um, you know, having a child was such an eye opener. Like I, having been an entrepreneur, I thought, oh, well, and working in the film business and working 70 hours a week, I thought, oh, well, I can have a kid. Like I can, if I've done dealt with all of this, all this other chaos and like having a kid is not going to be a big deal. And it is, it is, it is a big deal. It is so challenging. It's emotional. Um, and it's, but it's like, and, and it's this profound, beautiful experience. I mean, sort of, I'm sure every parent says that it's like the cliche, but, um, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Uh, it is challenging, but it's sort of like, you know, I've, I'm, I've really grown as a, very much grown as, as a person myself, having this beautiful person come into my life, which is my son. Um, so yeah, Shonda Rhimes, going back to her yes, in her interview said, you know, I think it's a cruel, um, fallacy. The idea that women can have everything is a mm. cruel fallacy. It sort of sets you up for frustration and, um, anguish. Um, she, um, she spoke about in her career, she, you know, she kind of got to a certain point in her career and felt comfortable having a child. And then she, then she waited, I think it was 10 years before she had a second child. She didn't feel like she could have the bandwidth, um, because of all of the things she was doing professionally. Um, and I know a lot of women in that position. Um, but you know, you have to kind of just embrace the chaos Totally. I mean, it's like, I also think that there's really unique ways that your kids also will teach you things that you didn't even know about yourself that'll help you professionally or like all of these building blocks that just kind of segue into each other. And of course, there's going to be the lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs. And like some days it's going to be really hard to show up professionally if your kid is like with the stomach flu, you know, whatever it is. But I think it's really, it's just really cool to hear, especially for me from women who are in these like incredibly stressful and like high leadership, you know, founder roles and they're just killing it and they're moms and they're showing me that it's not easy, but it's requires sacrifice and it requires (laughs) chaos, but it's also, there's so many beautiful benefits to it too. And I think it's like, it's such a good reminder for our listeners also of just like the importance of going after your dreams, but also like not being afraid to 
have a kid or listening to yourself if you don't have the bandwidth to have it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It is. I mean, it is fascinating. And we're just, I, I mean, from a cultural historical perspective, we're living in this wild time where, you know, women are, you know, the, you know, the, what I'm doing is really a social experiment, you know, it, <laughs> and we, we also live in a country that does that hate, like, I'm sorry, it hates women. It hates women. It does not support mothers. It does not support families. Now we're making women have babies that they can't afford to take care of. I know. Um, and don't like, it's just a nightmare. So, I mean, there's no, in Canada, I don't know what family leave is. It's like, I think it's like a year paid family there's no family leave here it's nuts I don't like it's so it's it's ridiculous it's very hard so I mean I think like to zoom out like sort of at a legislative level (laughs) there's there's things that we deal with here in this country that other people don't don't have to deal with I know and it's also crazy to think that like unless you are becoming a mother and you're in the corporate world and you have insurance that can like help afford you those things, then it's going to be really difficult to work and be a mother and like have your hospital bills paid or like all of these things. Like even thinking about that just blows my mind. There are so, I mean, the, I don't know if you've read all of the the statistics coming about, about, about women leaving the workforce, the women that left the workforce during COVID and um, even sort of the gender pay, the pay disparity between genders. I mean, it's actually gotten worse. Um, women, I mean, I don't want to be a bummer, but like, no, it's important. Like women, mothers, um, end up like in terms of their, their, um, their compensation, um, statistically their compensation goes down after they have a child Mm. and it's just sort of, yeah, I mean, it's a big, (laughs) it's a big topic to get into, but totally, but you know, I think that we're also paving the way in a lot of ways. And I think that mm-hmm. 10 years ago, even the thought of being a female founder and mother was kind of like taboo. And yeah. And we're we're doing it every day. Like I, every yeah. single founder I've talked to is also a mother. And I'm like, yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> even if they weren't, fine, great. You're still killing yes. it. But it's like yeah. it's cool to see mm-hmm. that what we originally thought was too hard to achieve is like absolutely achievable. It is, it is, it is achievable. It is achievable. And it, I, you know, I'll, I'll say I have an incredible, a very rich, somewhat chaotic, but really satisfying, incredible life. Um, you know, I love, I love my profession. I love our team. I love the, what I've created. And, and then I have a rich family life as well. And that's very gratifying. And so I feel, I feel very hashtag blessed. <laughs> I felt a hashtag blast coming on right there. What um, I would love, I have like just a few more questions because I'm so grateful for your time. I know you're a very busy woman, um, but I would love to know that, uh, or I would love to first ask since we're on the topic of being a mom, um, what advice do you have for moms out there? Or another favorite of mine, you can answer either or both. What does being a mom mean to you? Um, advice I have for being a mom is don't, you know, this is what I did. Okay. Um, and, and this, you know, everybody has their take on, on 
the journey into motherhood and stuff like that. But I actually made the decision to not read all the books and overanalyze things. And like, like for me, we've been having babies since the dawn of time. Oh, I agree with you. (laughs) And for me, it's really been an intuitive journey. Um, both, you know, pregnancy, becoming a mother and then, um, and then parenting. And it really, if you just come from a loving place, um, you know, the right thing to do will sort of like intuitively come to you. So I really um, haven't paid much attention myself to, you know, all the theories and rules and methods and blah, blah, blah of like, you know, parenting and um, it's worked out great so far. Oh my God. I love that. It's, I think we forget that like, we're, it's very animalistic, right? It's like, mm-hmm. if animals can do it, I always talk about this with my fiance. It's like animals, you see how they care for their young and it just happens. Like they're not reading a book. I mean, sure. They can't <laughs> communicate. Their brains are different, but it's all very, it is all very intuitive. And I think mm-hmm. that hearing you say that that's been an approach that I've, I've wanted to do for a while. So I think we're going to need to do a part two in person here. <laughs> I would love to all about your birth story, because I also love to do that angle too. And I want to hear all about your pregnancy journey too. So I think I had a a weird one. (laughs) I think we need a part two for sure. Um, But I also want to keep it focused on, on the and and the mass and everything that you're doing, but I love triangulating everything. Um, Okay. Amazing. And then what plans do you have for a mass and the and, you know, as Dessois grows specifically mm-hmm. and, and obviously what advice do you have for, for female founders out there or anyone trying to start something? Um, well, it's sort of funny. It's similar sort of advice, which is, um, and I've, you know, I will say like, I've been a founder, I've been an entrepreneur for like, you know, a while now. Um, and I moved. I, I'm someone who um, went into business not having a business background. Mm, I have a, too. I come from, a, okay, yeah. So I come from a family <laughs> of artists. Me too. And, All in the yeah. film industry yeah. as well. <laughs> so um, I, I would say, you know, obviously do your homework and um, there's just, and actually nowadays there's so many more resources for for new founders and entrepreneurs um, and opportunities, I would say. But I will say that um, for me, the biggest thing I will say to any founder is trust your gut Yeah. about people, places, opportunities, et cetera. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. Mm. I've learned um, that the hard way. <laughs> and we, yeah, sure. I've learned that the hard way too. <laughs> and like, and sometimes I still don't listen to my, my gut. And, but that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, I'll, I'll say there, there was like early on in my sort of entrepreneurial, um, escapades. Um, (laughs) I, I outsourced a lot of the sort of like finance business kind of stuff to people who I thought were professionals. Mm. They had MBAs and that doesn't mean anything necessarily. Um, so um, there are some professionals and MBAs <laughs> that are fantastic, but um, uh, d- definitely, um, yeah, trust your gut, do your homework, 
um, learn everything you can about all attributes of your business. Mm. Um, And like, for me, it was um, a, a, a huge unlock for me was actually kind of like learning how to build a bit of like a business, like a financial model, like by myself, not giving that to another person that kind of was mm. very empowering. So I I think getting, getting, you know, rolling up your sleeves and getting, getting your hands dirty and in really digging into all aspects of business, even if it's not like your strong suit, it's just good to at least be literate in it. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Cause finance is not my thing. And I need to, I need to become financially literate. So hearing that is a good reminder too, to like, that's great. And then what are, um, what, what can we all look forward to and seeing from Dessois as you guys grow and expand and into year two? Um, right now I'm just working on some new flavor expressions, kind of experimenting. So we're kind of in an early phase of that, but we, we, we will, we should expect some new flavors coming out um, this year. And I think we're just going to continue having fun and hopefully continuing to create a community around what we're doing and contribute to the cultural conversation around, you know, what it is to enjoy a beverage. Um, what does pleasure with restraint? That's what Deswa means. What does pleasure look like in 2023? That's kind of what I'm interested in playing with. I love that. Do you have a favorite flavor or do you love them all? I I go between um, the flavors. It's funny. Our most popular flavor is Golden Hour, which is sort of like a, a citrus with a bunch of herbaceous and kind of mm. bitter notes. Um, uh, but I, I tend to go between um, Champagnon Dreams, which would be the closest thing to I would say like a Campari or a bitter, a, like a spritz. Um, and then, and then purple loon, um, you know, is very um, rich and dense. It has like these beautiful blackberry and black currant mm. notes, but like vanilla and pine and we mm. actually pepper and myrrh. So it's sort of in a funny way, it does have like a bitter aperitif quality to it, but it also, uh, works as a great substitute for like a full bodied red wine. So I tend to drink that with like, um, with a meal a lot of the time. So delicious, but yeah, I drink them all the time. And it, we're, I was actually on a call with Katie yesterday. We we're joking about the fact that like, we, um, often will use them as roadies, like as road soda. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like I'll have a diswa on the way home from work, like just to kind of like unwind, but it's, not in be- alcohol beverage it's not illegal <laughs> that's amazing I yeah. love that um I was actually gonna ask wait what was I just gonna oh yeah um for Dessois specifically because I know some non-alcoholic aperitifs you have to like add sparkling water to make it taste good or do all these little things to it do you just mm-hmm. pour it in your glass and you're good to go you just pour it in your glass this is so important to me um you just pour it in your glass I, I mean chill it Pour, and then you right. can just drink it, put pour it over ice, but it is really good to go on Ugh. its own. It is ready to dr- truly ready to drink in both the bottle and can format. Um, that was something, you know, in the product development process, I just decided like this adds a lot of complexity on the co- production side of things. But I, I think for everyday consumers, like 
you know, composing a cocktail, needing to get like X, Y, and Z, and then like dusting Eye of Newton there. Like that's, that's kind of a turnoff. I think that's a blocker for a lot of consumers. And even myself, like when I, I'm a distiller, I come home from work and I, you know, if it's an alcohol beverage, it's, I want something very simple. I want to be able to just pour it in a glass or, you know, it's a very simple cocktail that I'm going to make. So wanted it to be user-friendly. Um, so yeah, easy to drink. I love that. That makes it extra 10 out of 10. Where can <laughs> people find you? How can they support you and Deswaw and Amass? Give us all your links. Oh, sure. Well, we're um, Amass, AmassBotanics.com or DrinkDeswaw.com. Um, I, my, and then our Instagrams are the same, I believe. Um I am Ginwich. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I am Ginwich on on the internet. Um, need to probably need to do some posting. Um, and you know our products are available. Obviously, you're also based in Los Angeles, but our products are available for sale online on our website. Um, we have good at the moment. We have good, I would say, grocery distribution here in California, New York. We're starting to get into Texas and Illinois. Um, so tend to be more sort of boutique liquor stores, but we're in right. total wine and more. We are in Erwan. Um, we are in uh, GoPuff is a big one we just signed on to. Um, I think we're just bringing online Bristol Farm. So we're starting our wholesale expansion and and in different retail outlets. And I'm sure we're going to start seeing you guys way more as you grow too. I'm so excited. Yeah, I hope. I I mean, it's it's really fun. Um, It's been really cool making a product that is resonating with people that sort of for me means that I've done my job I Mm. making drinks is like drinks are you know I'm not saving any lives here but if I can give someone a little bit of enjoyment I feel like I've done my job no I love it well I'm inspired and I again have to say that we need to do a part two in person (laughs) because I would love to meet you and I would love to hear all about your birth story because while I love to talk with founders and mothers and hear the whole thing, I also love to get vulnerable with our guests and birth stories and all Ooh. of that <laughs> gets us right there. And and that's where we, we meet later and we have some wine in hand. Yeah, I definitely would <laughs> want to have a drink for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That talk about a primal thing. It's not glamorous. No. <laughs> not that's why that's why we we take more time we get a little we get a little tipsy and we go there so thank you so much Morgan and if there's anything you want to add before we wrap up let me know well I just I mean I want to interview you I'm so curious about about everything you're up to but um I just blabbed all about myself for the last hour so we should when um damp January is over we should grab drinks done and done go do some natural wine somewhere I would love that you're (laughs) close by I'm in Burbank right near Griffith Park like Griffith so I'm like I think you're in Echo Park right I'm like 15 minutes minutes away yeah we can we can get some coffee at Canyon we can have some natural wine at Tilda we can do all yes (laughs) sign me up (laughs) um it was such a joy meeting you chatting with you and I can't wait to try to swallow. I can't believe I haven't yet. And I am going to continue 
sipping on my favorite uh, dirty martini that my fiance makes me with a mess. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I'm a gin martini girl. So me too. It was really nice meeting you, Jenny. Great you conversation. Too. I know it was lovely. Thank you so much. I'm so inspired and congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.